Welcome to Seeking Truth, a podcast exploring issues related to faith and culture. I'm Julie Royce, and you can find me online at julieroys, spelled R-O-Y-S, dot com. Well, joining me today is someone who, if you live in Chicago, needs no introduction. But for the rest of you, his name is Mankow Muller, and he's been a top radio and TV personality in Chicago for about two decades. And over the years, he's made some waves, been fined by the FCC, and done some things that, well, let's just say you might be surprised to find him on a Christian podcast. But recently, Mankow went very public with his faith and wrote a front-page article for a well-respected Chicago newspaper. Yet Mankow wasn't giving his testimony, per se. He was calling out his close friend and spiritual mentor, Pastor James McDonald. McDonald has been at the center of controversy ever since he filed a lawsuit against me and four other defendants in October. McDonald also was the focus of an expose I recently wrote for World Magazine. And just within the past two weeks, McDonald has been placed on an indefinite sabbatical by his elder board. So some crazy times, but Mankow, welcome. Glad to have you join me. Well, we have about 14 hours uh, of stuff to talk about. First of all, <laughs> there, is no, there is no elder board. Uh, anyone that believes that Harvest is anything other than James McDonald or James McDonald and family uh, is, is fooling themselves. So uh, you have to realize that. So everything you see is pageantry. Everything is show. Everything is showbiz. And you talk about some of my issues in the past. And again, I was in my 20s versus a man in my 50s now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, never, I never blasphemed. Um, the Bible is very clear about blasphemy. We did a show that was aimed at adult men. It did get racy. It did get sexy. But we never blasphemed. Uh, I've never done that. And um, and of course, the show I do now is different. Someone someone attacked me yesterday and said, well, you're, you're doing this to get attention. Uh, hardly the kind of attention I want or need. Um, anyway, I've, I've, I've said too much already. No, and but, I appreciate uh, you saying that. Yeah. I mean, things about the elder board, that's something that I uh, wrote about for World Magazine and about is there any real accountability? And you've seen it. From a different perspective than me, I've gotten it from firsthand sources who were former elders, staff members, but you saw it as being a very close friend of James McDonald. And I want to get into all that, but before I do, let's backtrack a little bit because, uh, like I said, for a lot of people, they were very surprised when they heard, oh, Mankow's a Christian. And we remember back when he did, you know, you were known as a shock jock in Chicago, right? So there's some people going, what? You know, what's going on there? But we've talked a little bit. And I know that you have a background of faith. Uh, you went to a Christian school. So give us a little bit of that background. Before you met James and Harvest and before this whole yeah. story started, who is Mankow as far as your faith and, and your walk with the Lord and, and what you understood about Christianity? First of all, I find these things uh, very difficult to put into words. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not good at these and thous and putting it in um, very uh, you know, lofty-sounding language. I was brought up in the church. I did want to be a, a preacher, not a minister, but a preacher. And uh, what's the difference I, there? What do you? What's what's that differential? Well, I, I mean, a preacher is more of a uh, uh, you know more of an evangelist, more of a tent kind mm-hmm. of speaker than um, than some guy in a in a Methodist church. Not that there's anything wrong with it. That's just how I differentiate in my mind. Look, I saw Billy Graham several times as a kid, so more of a um, you know, more of an evangelist than a a, a, a quiet kind of uh, minister. I'm in this movie called Canal Street, which is faith-based, 
and I'm not here to promote it, but one of the actors was telling me the guy that plays uh, that played Gu- uh, Bubba Gump, mm-hmm. great actor. I don't know if you saw, uh, you know, Forrest Gump. The guy that plays Bubba Gump. He's sure. like, look, I I have to do all. I'm a Christian. I have to do all kinds of different characters. Uh, I make no excuses about it, but you know, I am I am doing a uh, a blowhard buffoon character on my show, kind of what Colbert used to do, or Archie Bunk, or anything that was a blowhard. I I find it to be a ridiculous character. I find it to be a stupid show, and uh, the fact that people take it seriously has amazed me since 1994 here in Chicago and in California before that and then in Missouri before that. So, uh, it, whatever. But uh, my, my, uh, I was brought up in the church. My, my faith happened as a gradual thing. Uh, obviously, having children, I have two 13-year-old daughters. They're twins, mm-hmm. and that, that really uh, brought my faith to the forefront before I met Jim McDonald's. And and trying to figure out my place in the kingdom, and um, I'm still working on it. Well, and I read I was, something from when yeah. you were like in fifth grade when you were going to um, Christian schools. You had an encounter, something a bad experience with a principal, right? There was some corporal punishment you thought went over the the top, maybe. And as a well, result I, of that, you kind of turned off to organized religion. Is that is that right? Well. Well, I, look, anyone who's been in organized religion is going to be turned off by organized religion a time or two. I think that church is important. Mm-hmm. I think that preachers are important. I think fellowship is important. I had a, a pencil go into my finger and break off, mm. um, and I said, God, uh, I thought I was praying more than I was blaspheming. Uh, they labeled it as blasphemy, and they took a two-by-four to me, and I was hospitalized. Oh, my. And um yeah, it was a significant moment in my life. And look, you know, whether we're dealing with Pastor James McDonald or, or whoever, we're dealing with people, and uh, they're, they make mistakes. Um, but, yeah, that wasn't uh, – as I was standing there, they were hugging me, telling me that Jesus loves me. And it reminds me of when Harvest does, to me, what is just it, – isn't it ironic if Man Cal Muller, the crazy shock jock, um, wasn't a bad guy after all, but the guy that everybody puts up in front of some kind of uh, modern day John the Baptist was secretly really a monster. Wouldn't that be an interesting book and an interesting movie? Who knows? Mm. But I've seen Harvest do the most horrific things. And then, uh, you know, snickering, they write these little things and they say, well, it's covered in love. You are loved. Mm. And um, I find it sinister. Um, I find people to do things in Christ's name and uh, cover themselves with Christ and the Bible uh, and do the most outrageous things. Uh, I find that really creepy. And we, we have to remember that Satan can probably quote the Bible better than uh, probably better than me. Well, and he parades as an angel of light. So, I, I mean, we know there's deception involved in anything that Satan does. But let me go back to when, when OK, when you first got connected with Harvest, how did that happen? How did you meet James and he had a real impact on your spiritual life, right? Well, initially, yeah, we were we were uh, we were going to Willow. We liked the pageantry of Willow. I wanted to go deeper. Uh, we were also going to Life Changers. We were going to several different churches. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend of mine on the East Coast. Uh, this is really boring, but a friend of mine was talking about this guy that that got up and pulled a uh, R-rated DVD out of the 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 player and almost got kicked off a plane. And you should go see him. And he's a bold guy and. And, uh, and that's how I went to see James McDonald. Now, hmm. the first time I went, they, they all kind of lied to me. I said, look, I, is, is this live? Is he here? Oh, yeah, 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 he's here. He's here. And I'm um, sitting there halfway through, and I'd never experienced a videotape sermon. And the Rolling Meadows campus is a, about an hour to an hour and a half away from my house. 
I don't remember if we were Rolling Meadows or Elgin, but it was a drive. And I'm sitting there about 20 minutes in going, wait, wait a minute, this is a video. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I know other people are cool with it, but uh, I'm not. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm not going to drive an hour and a half to watch a video. I can watch it online. And mm-hmm. I want to see live preaching. Mm-hmm. So I kind of laughed, uh, and I didn't like that they lied to me. And uh, I, I kept waiting for the man to come out from behind the curtain like the Wizard of Oz. But uh, eventually my friend said, no, 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 you got to go back and see him. And look, I, I, I love the guy. I think he's an incredible performer. Um, and I think his sermons are, uh, are, have great knowledge in them. And, and, and there's no, uh, there's no um, pulling of punches, it seems to me, in his sermons. And that's what attracted me to James McDonald. But this really had an impact on you personally. You got to know him personally. I know you were baptized, what, in the Jordan River recently. I mean, this is within yeah. the past several months. Well, that was just a, that was a few weeks ago, and yeah, um, yeah and I did become friendly with him and uh, good friends with him, mm-hmm. and I think that he helped me out of a lot of situations. I think he gave great advice, mm. um, and again, it's like I said in, in the article that I wrote that you know he he gives great advice. He doesn't always follow his own advice, mm. and again, I'm just speaking from what I've seen in my opinion. But I don't believe there are any elders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a, a family-run organization. Some people say family like the Godfather. That's not what I'm saying. It's a family business. And so we saw the flyers. I can send them to you. I sent them along with my article that they didn't get printed. But, you know, he was promoting that he's going to Florida and and, uh, he's going on vacation and he's going to preach a few times. Well, when the lawsuit fell apart and he started to get bad press, all of a sudden that vacation became an enforced sabbatical. Those of us in the church who don't, you know, drink the Kool-Aid, uh, and, and pun intended, and, and don't buy all the, the showbiz elements, uh, we knew it was a lie. Well, and let and, me and just fill was, people in a little bit, because yeah. some of you, you're like, we don't know anything about what's happening in Florida. Um, what happened was when the, the elders, ostensibly, of course, you're saying, man, Cal, you don't really buy that the elders did anything, that, that James is still running the show, but ostensibly they put him on this indefinite sabbatical, uh, and he couldn't preach or or have any leadership role in Chicago, where there's seven campuses of, of Harvest. But there's an eighth campus that was just acquired back in September in Naples, Florida. James was already planning to go down there and preach for three months. And they initially said, well, he can continue preaching down in Naples. And that made the lead pastor in Naples not so happy, didn't want him there, wrote a letter saying, I don't want James McDonald preaching in my church. If he's on sabbatical, if he's not fit to preach in Chicago, he shouldn't be preaching down in Naples. And then that pastor got summarily fired. And now the elders have since sort of backtracked and said, okay, we don't think he should preach in Naples either for now. So that that whole thing is just up in the air. But you're at the time saying, this isn't a sabbatical. This is a vacation. It was always planned. And and so, you know, the thing I'm wondering with you, Mancow, is... Just several months ago, you were believing this man and believing what yeah. he was saying and pretty much thought I was on the wrong side. I oh. was oh, <laughs> of well, the devil. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you, you, were, you were a crazy woman. And then I started looking at some of your stuff online, and it was in sync with much of what I feel um, and much of what I believe. But, um, yeah, look, as I said, I'll, I'll keep banging this drum. The elder board is – there is no elder board. It's James McDonald. So when you know that, he can't discipline himself. He's not going to fire himself. He can't be fired unless he signs off on it. They have an elder board. Then they have a thing called the XLT, which has dwindled down to nothing. And so he's calling the shots. In fact, I, I talked about how 
you know, his vacation from Naples. I remember when they were in Naples or in, in um, um, Niles or, or one of the campuses asking for money for the poor people of of uh, Naples, Florida, they're underchurched. We need to donate money in <laughs> Chicago to the underchurched people of Naples. And I turned to my wife and my friend Costa and I said, what? what? Uh, Naples is rich. What, are, what is he talking about? So this was all about building him, a, in my opinion, a getaway or, you know, his retirement fund, uh, his, his golden parachute before uh, it hit the fan. And I do think he sensed that things were spiraling out of control. Uh, yeah. And, and, uh, you know, basically anyone that asked questions or anyone that that um, wasn't part of the church anymore was, and, and I may be ex- exaggerating, but the devil. Uh, in fact, this morning, uh, one of my friends from the church told me that I'm backsliding and and uh, hmm. Satan's winning with me. But all I'm asking is, Pastor James says he sinned. What is the sin? Uh, instead of calling your vacation uh, sabbatical, just tell the truth and say it's a vacation. Come back when you were going to come back. But I think he needs to face the church, and, and I, I see nothing wrong with someone. I haven't given all of my 10% to Harvest. I give to various charities, but I do give 10% of my income away. Mm-hmm. And I think there's nothing wrong with his church asking, where'd the money go? And what about these secret funds, these black funds that we hear about? Why so much debt? We're talking $42 million in debt. Mm-hmm. When you have, you know, the camp was donated, Elgin, from what I understand, was donated tax-free. There's so much money coming in. What What's really going on? And why not open the books? I think it's a fair question. Well, and that's precisely what we wanted to do. And when I was doing my investigation with World, what I what I wanted to see, and and I did have people very high up, you know, the C, CFO of Harvest Bible Fellowship, the, the former church planning network, uh, telling me that, yeah, there's 20% of the, of the budget that I don't get to see. The other stuff, I, I can tell you what happens, but that 20%, we're yeah. not sure. And then we see them giving $1 million from Walking the Word, uh, a broadcast ministry of his, and, and using that to help pay liabilities when uh, Harvest Bible Fellowship closed. We know about this deer herd up in uh, Michigan that was paid with from Walking the Word Fund. So, yeah, I mean, there's some crazy stuff, crazy stuff happening with the money. Let me just— Well, and I just— you know, look, there's there's wonderful people there. Uh, James has done wonderful things. We can't discount what he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, my show, my stupid radio show, isn't saving souls. I don't want to be doing this interview. I don't want to write articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw a, uh, you know, a group of yes men. And, and uh, hypocrisy always, my entire life, is, has um, it's repulsive to me. So, look, I, I'm not the best messenger. Uh, I'm probably the worst messenger, but somebody had to do it. And I was being associated online uh, as, as supporting all of this because I was such a public supporter. Mm. And I just want to say, look, I, I, anything that saves souls, anything that gets people closer to Jesus, I'm all for. I, I want to say I, I love Pastor James. I, I love his family. They're fun to hang out with. Uh, great things have happened. But I want to know where the money is, and I want to know why, um, if anyone dares to question, why must they be destroyed? That's not Jesus. That's not, you know, and and someone said yesterday, oh, you're like Paul. Look at what Paul went through trying to get out the truth, and you're being attacked with fiery darts. And I, to me, um, you know, he could have picked up his phone at any time. Uh, I've had a few people that have been very nice to me. Uh, so some of them have reached out to me, and sometimes not directly, but indirectly, and said, well, we don't understand what you're doing, maybe, but we love you. Hmm. That's, that's Jesus. 
not crush, kill, destroy, which seems to be the McDonald method. And you even see some of the mockery. Uh, you know, it's if you read, look, I have a degree in public relations. Mm-hmm. So when you read the harvest uh, spin, and that's what it is, it's spin, it's insulting. Well, we, we love them. It's covered in love. And, and it's just, and, and they laugh, they laugh, seen it. They laugh, they laugh at it. Mm. And then in front of the public, it's crocodile tears and a sabbatical. But, but that's not the truth. Mm. And someone had to say something and, and that's it. So, well, and I appreciate you the, doing that. And, and the Bible says stand, right? We stand, we put on the whole armor. That's all, all I'm saying is open the books and, and show us. I, I don't know what else. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Well, and that's why they dropped the lawsuit was because a judge denied their motion to keep all those court documents uh, private, everything that I'd subpoenaed. Um, and so that's going to come out. There's more that's going to come out. And I don't revel in it either. I mean, it makes me sad to have to do this. But when you have a situation when the elders aren't doing their job, then I think it behooves the rest of us who, who know what's going on to say something and to alert the church. And like First Timothy 5.20 says, it says when there's an elder who's sinning, that we're to publicly expose him so that others may take warning. Eric, I want to go to just your personal, you know, the way this has impacted you personally. I had somebody I, I talked to who was very close to McDonald and said, yeah, it's like finding out that your, your wife's a serial killer. This has been brutal. I mean, finding out that the person yeah. that you thought James McDonald was is not the person that he actually is, and, and especially when he's had so much impact on you personally, but not just you. You're, you're referencing your, your twin daughters, your wife. All of you have been part of this church, and, and I heard you, you were asked not to come back to the church now because you've spoken out. Man, that's, that's got to hurt. I mean, tell me what that's been like for you and for your family. Proverbs talks about how the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. And you can, you know, what's, I'm going to, I'm going to quote Proverbs and, and Johnny Cash. You can run them for a long time. Um, I'm just some guy like any other guy. And I, they went there trying to get closer to Christ to try to figure out my place in the kingdom. And, but also to, uh, to give my daughters a roadmap. Um, it was an elder from Rolling Meadows that asked me not to come back. Uh, an elder in, uh, there was two elders in, uh, including the preacher there in Niles that said, man, you're welcome anytime. I, I've had many more people tell me I'm welcome than not welcome. Hmm. Uh, but I, I do think with what you're seeing with John Gray and McDonald and others, these guys are being exposed. I, I think it's time for, for truth. I think authentic wins. And I think the cycle of hypocrisy has to end at, at harvest. I know there's so many people, stuff like this happens, well, and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm done with church. I mean, does that, does that, do you feel disillusioned? Do you feel like you can't trust the church? Or do you feel like, yeah, is a bad actor? I get that. But there's good people. I, yeah. I have uh, a lot of people in, in, in Dallas, uh, Dallas Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what a great, I think a great man in the Lord. Uh, he's invited me to his church. I've had a lot of people, well, if you don't like that one, how about this one? Uh, the fact is that, you know, I, I have had people get ugly with me from Harvest. I don't want to put my kids in that situation. Anytime there's any chance of ugliness, I won't have my children around it. Um, James used to joke about boot parties. Boot parties are where people, you know, get beaten up. Hmm. Um, and I've heard horrific stories. Look, this first article was a nice article. If they keep messing with me, I know a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I hope I'm just left alone to, to go about my business. I'll just say that. Uh, 
I, I just want to go and, and, and I want to seek the Lord elsewhere. Um, but, you know, it's been tough. I, I, I loved Harvest, loved Pastor James. Of course, we didn't want to go to another church, but I kept waiting for someone to, to step up. And there is a, you know, ego, edge got out. And, and I'm probably, look, I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty uh, for sure. I, I've had gusts of ego. It takes a certain amount of ego to do a radio show, I suppose. But I'm also not a preacher. And people are getting mad at me. I'm not a preacher. Uh, but I did see things. I do think the book should be opened. He says he's gone on a sabbatical, which is a lie. He says he, you know, he's thinking about his sin and everything. I think the men of the church have a, have a, um, have a right to know. And his preaching is all about standing up and you don't run and you don't, well, what a hypocrite. If you look at the titles of his last 10 sermons, he doesn't do any of it. If you pick up any one of his books, he doesn't practice any of that. Hmm. And, and I, I just, I, I couldn't take it. Stand in front of your church. What, what exactly did you do? Why won't you uh, show your books? Why are you so terrified of this? And he said, I'll never, no one will ever see my books, and I'm sure that's right. I'm sure he'll take those books to the grave. And I just think that the guys that are working hard and giving their income, they're hard-earned money. This is a tough city. This is a tough place to earn a living in. Mm. And so for these, you know, hard-earned uh, folks giving their money, I think they have a right to know that it's, you know, not going to Pastor James' six-figure Jeep or his house that he lies about or whatever else. Mm. That's all. Look, I love him, but come on. Come on. Mm. Be the man you say you are. Be the man you want us to be. And uh, it's time for the hypocrisy to end. As I said, it's time for the, the cult of personality of James McDonald, that chapter, to close. And it, I, these folks need to open up their Bible again. Hmm. Well, Mancal, thank you for your public stand. Thank you for being willing to take on what you see as hypocrisy and what, what you feel is just wrong. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I know there's an awful lot of people who have been burned by harvest who feel the same way. And so we thank you. And let me just, as I'm closing here, ask, how can— Listeners, pray for you and for your family. Just that. Just and, and look, pray and, and pray for Pastor James too. I still, I still hold out hope that this guy is going to come back and uh, and tell the truth. I, 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 I'm still holding out that hope. So, pray for me. Pray for Pastor James and and pray for the uh, the people of Harvest and 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 pray for the folks that are scared away from Christ because of uh, James McDonald's behavior. Really, I, I just let's just. Don't worry about me. Let's just pray for the kingdom in general, that his will be done. Well, and we do pray for that. And Lord, I just want to ask right now, would you minister to people listening who have been burned by churches and have uh, said they're not going to go back and have associated uh, a hypocrite with your son, Jesus Christ? And we know those two things are not the same. And so, Lord, we ask that you would just minister to them and let them know that you love them, you're drawing them, and that your church even though it's got a lot of warts, even though it ain't perfect, it is your church, and you love her, and you love those who come. So we ask that in your name. Amen. And Mancal, thank you again. So appreciate it. Julie, can I say one more thing? Sure. And, you know, of course, there are secret books we hear about. I don't know if it's true, but we hear about these secret books at Harvest. But I won't go to another church that doesn't have their books open. I, I want to know yeah. I want to know what my ties are, are being used for. Yeah. So that that's... That's rule number one for my next church. Yeah, and I, I, I would want to say that. I would say if you go to a church and they don't have their books open and you can't get a line item budget on what's going on, I would say run. 
do. I mean, they oh. need to be. We need transparency. Well, again, that's Mancal Muller, a radio and TV personality in Chicago. Again, you've been listening to Seeking Truth, a podcast exploring issues related to faith and culture. I'm Julie Royce, and if you'd like to connect with me, just go to my website, julieroys, spelled R-O-Y-S, dot com. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed today's broadcast. And if you did, please share it with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. And please go to my blog and sign up to receive updates so we can keep in touch. Hope you have a blessed day and continue seeking truth.